0: twelfth chapter I'm just going to read in John the twelfth chapter he said in verse twenty three it says Jesus answered them saying the hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified and truly truly I say unto you except a corn of wheat a seed of this wheat fall into the ground and die it abides alone but if it die it brings forth much fruit. He that loves his life will lose it. And he that hates his life in this particular world system, this world system will keep it until life eternal. If any man serve me, worships me, let him follow me. And where I am there, he will be also. My servant will be there also. If any man serve me, him will my father honor? Now is my soul troubled, and what will I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, but for this very cause came I into, unto this particular hour. What hour did Jesus enter into? What hour, what hour, hour, I should say, are we in right now? I'll read Luke 22 and verse 15. 53, it says this, When I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth no hand against me.
1: But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Notice that, it's the power of darkness. Back to John, the 12th chapter.
0: Jesus said again in John 1238 father glorify your name your nature your character and essence revealed through me the very son of god in the son of man and the work that you jesus said the work that you sent him jesus to accomplish in propitiation so that there would be the only substitute and we know that in First Timothy two five, whereby we would be reconciled, and we see this in Second Corinthians the fifth chapter. And if you see though that there in those twenty one verses, it is a beautiful flow reality of this truth.
1: So Jesus said in John twelve
0: twenty eight, Father, glorify your name. Then came a voice from heaven saying, I have. I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by heard it and said that it thundered. Others said an angel spoke to him. Jesus answered and said this, This voice voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now, what was the voice declaring? Now is the judgment of this world now will the prince, the ruler of this world system, be cast out. And he said enough, I, I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all unto me. And he was speaking of the cross. Verse 33 says, This he said, signifying what death he should die. The people answered him, We answered him. We have heard out of the law that Christ abides forever. And how do you say then that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? This is the verses that that God would bring us to this morning. Then Jesus said unto them, yet a little while. Notice that? Yet a little while is the light. What is God's answer to darkness? It is this light. Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you
1: have the light.
0: Lest darkness come upon you. For he that walks in darkness knows not where he's going. Meaning he knows not where the enemy is leading him. This can be very true for believers. Not positionally, but experientially because we know in John 10, 10a, the thief has come to steal, to kill and destroy, but Christ came that they, we might have life, not just positional life, and that's of course first and foremost, but experiential life, and then experience the the abundance of it, because we all have the same mind, we're all knit together, in the one mind in Colossians 2, 2, where we have the riches, True riches and treasure, in Colossians 2 and verse 3, where we have that oneness that Jesus was his desire, which he had done positionally for us, and now wants it in our experience, in John 17, 11, 21 and 22, brought out in that Ephesus, or that Ephesians truth, in Ephesians chapter 4, 4 through 6, there is a oneness. But for that, for us to experience it, there has to be this separating sanctifying process where we no longer walk in darkness while we're positioned in the light but don't have it experientially so jesus said yet a little while is the light with you really among you is what it says in the original is among you walk while you have the light lest darkness come upon you for he that walks in darkness knows not where he goes why doesn't he know it because knowledge, apart from the light of Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, it just puffs up in 1 Corinthians
1: 8.1. It puffs up. We see that also
0: in the condemnation of the devil in 1 Timothy 3 and verse 6, Where young people can fall. And I don't mean just people, young people based upon their physical age. But I mean people that could be 80 but still young in their Christianity their experience of the true light that Christ is.
1: Verse 36 of John
0: 12, while you, while you have light, believe in the light that you may be the children of light. These things spoke Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. them. What does God hide himself from? The, the, the pride, and not only pride, the ignorance of pride. He hides himself so that even those that are his, that he loves so deeply, they don't experience the depth, the power, the energy, the light
1: of that mutable, unchangeable love.
0: Well, you see here, when that happened, when that voice came from heaven, in John, the 12th chapter, many, because they weren't taught, entered into speculation. What is speculation? It's reasoning based upon the pride of the interpretation of the scriptures apart from the Holy Spirit who takes the things of Christ. And it's the only one that can do that and show them unto us. It takes a yoke. It takes humility. It takes a yoke in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. It takes humility in First Peter 5, 6. It takes intense humility in James 4 and verse 6, because God resists the proud. He resists them. Can he resist those that are his? Yes. How? Why? Because they walk in darkness that are his, and in that darkness, ignorantly and unknowingly, they resist him, and they oppose themselves. In 2 Timothy 2 and verse 25, there's multitudes of Christians, multitudes, and don't even know it. Walk in the resistance and mocking of the refusal even to receive what they know, even in part might be true, but they still refuse it and they mock it. Well, in Galatians 6 and verse 7, we know through the scriptures that God will not be mocked. You, can't, you will not mock him. God will not be mocked.
1: He won't be. No, he
0: won't be. God will not be mocked. And when it's not him, then he has to allow Christians, those that are his, to backslide. In Jeremiah 2 and verse 19, their own backsliding now corrects them and not the grace and truth of the light. So they function in darkness the whole time positionally while they're in Christ, but they don't have the intimacy and depth and desire of the light that Christ is in them, to shine in them. They had speculation. When you speculate based upon the reasonings of the foolishness of self in Proverbs 18, 1 and 2, in, Proverbs, in, in Psalm 14, and Psalm 53, in verse 1, the fool has said in his heart, no, God, no. I don't need someone else. I'm going to do it myself. I will learn myself. I don't want God's way. I don't want
1: God's vessel. I don't want them. I will do it myself. They speculated.
0: And in their speculation, multitudes, and this is what's very, very sad in spiritual warfare in Ephesians 6, 10 to 19, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 through 6. Intense warfare that comes against us. These individuals, they speculated.
1: But they fell short of what the
0: truth was. And that's what unbelief is. And multitudes function in the darkness and pride and ignorance of unbelief. Ignorance of Him. And what that does is it weakens and gets rid of all true testimony. What is testimony? Holy Spirit, the witness, the great witness, taking the things of Christ and showing them unto us. Until only until He comes in judgment. And for the world, unsaved, but for us, Chastisement, but it's obviously loving chastisement. It's gracious chastisement because none of us deserve anything. In Ephesians 2 8 through 10, you're saved by grace through faith, even that none of yourselves. It's gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, because we're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God has before in eternity past ordained and set that you and I should walk in them. No one deserves to be corrected by God. It's all grace.
1: But there's an intense resistance and pride
0: against, from functioning in darkness, the light of the desire of Christ to have fellowship with others. Never seen it before like this. What is the tree of knowledge today? Can we understand what that is in Genesis 2 and verse 17? You're not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What is that? That's called Christendom. What is Christendom? Christendom is this massive thing. You will see that in Second Timothy two nineteen to 22 Specifically in verse 19. The Lord knows those that are truly his. But Christendom is a mixture of men that are born again that fall very short of the light and truth of who Christ is. And they enter into a work system and lift themselves up. And then there are multitudes that aren't even born again that function that way. That's Christendom. It's eating at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what is that? That's Genesis 5. That's Isaiah 5 and verse 20. They call good evil and evil good. They put light for darkness, darkness for light. They put bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter. And the reason is is Isaiah 8 and verse 20, because there's no light that dawns on them. The light in terms of conviction of salvation in John 16, 8-11 and through 12. But even those that still are born again but function in darkness and ignorance and resist the truth of the Holy Spirit, the witness, taking the things of Christ to show it unto them, and they resist it because they function in darkness and don't even know it. Because of the pride of ignorance and the ignorance of pride. This can be true of any of us in the flesh. In Romans 8, 9, thank God that we're not, as far as God sees us, we're not in the flesh. The flesh is in us, but not of us. We are not of that. We are of his Son. He never removes his eye from the righteous. In Job 36, in verse 7, he never does. Ever. Faith dependent. Ever. So they had unbelief. They functioned in unbelief. You know why? Because there was darkness. Can darkness overtake a Christian? Truth desired. Truth. Truth to be the truth of the intimacy and depth of who Christ is in them. Positionally. And that desire to enter into the experience. Can a Christian still walk in the darkness and pride and ignorance of resisting God? The only way that we can do that is the only way that we can meet the power of Satan. Again, this is Luke 22 and 53, which he was robbed of in Hebrews two fourteen and 15. He was robbed of the power of death, meaning separation from God. So there is a choice when the light of the word comes. And you can mockingly, jokingly, and
1: laughingly resist it.
0: God forbid that I should do that. The reason is, is because there is a force, the enemy's force, and his resistance that he uses for them to oppose themselves, capturing their will, and this is 2 Timothy two twenty-five and 26, because they don't have 2 Timothy 2 and verse 24. Well, they have teachers, all right. They have teachers. But when it's not Christ, it's a false light. It's called an angel of light in 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 14. And then he has his ministers. Can Christian men function in Christendom as Satan's ministers of light that they think is that they have through pride? Yes. Why? Because they Force is meeting the force and intensity of God's love. And there's a force. You know, when we function in darkness, our unbelief, our rebellion and stubbornness in 1 Samuel 15 and 23, when that happens, the enemy is doing what? Is any in control of themselves? Any. In Matthew 6 and verse 24, is any man or woman Master of themselves. Nope. So well, we have one shepherd in Ecclesiastes 12, 11, That's Christ. Many under-shepherds in Ephesians 4, 8 to 11. Some, not, not, not too many. And there's no self-promotion in, in terms of that in James 3 and verse 1, based upon 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. They walk, and Jesus said, walk while you have the light that darkness may not overtake you. He that walks in darkness doesn't want, does not know where he's going. And when I walk in darkness, God knows where where we'll go and where is that. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Now, for the believer that's in Christ, for the man that is born again but functions in Christendom as a so-called teacher, does he even know where he's going? And does he and and so where does he lead these others that follow that?
1: Can that happen? Does he
0: he doesn't know where he goes? You know, it says, and it's very clear in John chapter one, verses one through four, the clarity of Christ coming out in one fourteen of John. He came out, and it was light that came out of this love relationship. That's Christ. You see that in 1 John 1, 1 and 2. And then you see it in verse 3 and 4. He's the light that came out. And he came out. In John 1, 5, And darkness did not overpower it. Light overpowered darkness. And there's this resistance of pride. What is darkness? I wrote it right down in this book. I wrote it down as God, the Holy Spirit, took the things of Christ to show them unto me. Darkness is the absence of light. Darkness is the absence of purity. Darkness is the absence of love. Darkness is pride. It is pride to keep the light of who Christ is flowing in us through humility and grace and that love ever flowing in the light. Did you know that it doesn't change? Nothing about us in Christ changes. Why in Proverbs 24 and 21, do not meddle with them that are given to change that mix the foolishness of pride with the so-called word of God and making man now to be the authority. You see this in Revelation 2.4. When Christ is not your first and only love, then another authority comes in that only that other authority may be a born again man but not with truth when that is allowed when he's allowed to come in he becomes your minister in 2nd Corinthians 11 verse 15 and Satan has them men functioning in the pride of ignorance the ignorance of pride and resisting and rejecting so-called what they would call new truth they did that they
1: did that in Luther's day They did it. They call it Reformation Truth. But keeping out all experience
0: and the experience of the intimacy of a love life with Christ. And they kept it out because they went right back into the darkness of a system. That's what Luther did. Went right back into it.
1: What is darkness then? That comes against us as believers. Remember. It's Luke 22.53.
0: This is the hour. Satan's. Time right now. It's his hour and power of darkness. But he already functions. As, a, as one who's already been conquered. That's why it's his wiles. He's already been conquered. Hebrews 2 and 14 and 15. He's already been conquered. See it in Colossians chapter 2 verses 10 to 15. He's already conquered. And we in Christ are more than conquerors in Romans 8 and verse 37. We are positioned. That is settled positional truth. But is it settled in our experience? The enemy can't touch eternal life in 1 John 5 and verse 18. He can't touch that. He can't touch the reality of who Christ is in us. So he comes against the experience. He can't touch positional truth. Can't change it. So he comes in as an angel of
1: light. Yet a little while
0: is the light among you. That's what it says in the original. It's among you. And it's our choice to allow it to be with us experientially. That pros. In the beginning of the word and the word with. In John 1.1. 1, 1, P-R-O-S. This intimate, affectionate, eternal love embrace. That nothing could disturb or
1: distract. Well.
0: Walk while you have the light, while it's among you. Oh, walk while you have the light, so that darkness won't overtake you. Jesus is the light of the world in John 8, 12. He that walks after me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Psalmist said, the Lord is my light in Psalm 27, verse 1. He's my light and my constant deliverance. Whom will I be afraid? You know, when we walk in light, we're protected by his love. By his love for us. Through Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. So he said, while you have the light. Men, born again. Women, born again. While you have the light, believe in the light. That you may become experientially the equal of your position, the sons of light. Now these words that Jesus spoke and John 12, 35, and 36 are of the most solemn importance. Very solemn, very sobering today and much more, much more now in Christendom. Now as ever, what is Christian Christendom? Men that don't have truth, that are born again but don't have truth and teach others, what do they do? They ever ignore the truth of intimacy, the truth of Christ being all. When he's not all, then men have to make themselves something and then they tell others that you have to do the same thing, but you have to follow me and not Christ. That is leaving first love in Revelation 2 and verse 4. You'll see that in Acts, the 20th chapter and verse 24. When men love their own lives, will you read it? We read it just this morning. When they love their own lives, they make themselves to be something in darkness and resist God Almighty. Do you ever wonder why you couldn't fellowship with others? You deeply desire that. You're born again. But you deeply desire that. But you couldn't. I'll tell you why. Because of the darkness and resistance of the ignorance of pride, those that function under Satan experientially, not positionally, because they're in Christ. And again, as the Bible has taught all of us, even sin can't touch eternal life. Sin can't touch our position in Christ, but he goes after our experience so that we live in the darkness of death, separated from him experientially. Then I teach things, all kinds of different things. When the enemy comes in, Like a flood. In Isaiah 59 verse 19. If I don't have the standard of who Christ is in me. And who I am in him. The enemy has a field day. A field day. Christendom. Now as ever. Even during Luther's time. He taught salvation. The Holy Spirit. God used him to teach salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone, period. You didn't have to have a go-between. Then he went right back into the darkness of that system. Went right back into it. And multitudes of believers today, they're born again, go right back into those things. When we don't have the light, when it's there and we don't submit to it, then there's no resistance. How do I meet the force and evil power of Satan? I need the power. What is that power? That's Christ in 1 Peter 1, 5 and 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 24. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that takes the things of Christ and shows them unto us. Then God, the Holy Spirit, taking the things of Christ and believers that are positioned in him experientially in James 4 and verse 7, when they submit themselves, the devil has to flee, because you put Christ between you. Now you have power. Multitudes don't have it. And they think that they do because Obviously, they're deceived through pride in Obadiah, verse 3. And the enemy deceives those, even Christians that function in the world. In Christendom, that's what Christendom is. The world entering into the things of Christ and mixing themselves with it. Where a multitude of unsaved go, never have received Christ. And a multitude of those that are, but don't preach Christ completely. You'll see that again in Acts the 20th chapter and verses 24 to 32. That's why the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, said, I commend you to God. Who? He didn't commend him to himself. He didn't commend these truths to some pastor, although they may teach them. They're only vessels in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, and Ephesians 4, 8. No. He never commended himself to a board of elders. Furthermore, that's not even in the scriptures. Elders don't hire a pastor. A true pastor is not up for hire. Sometimes he
1: wished he might be, which he wouldn't be for the support.
0: But that's filthy lucre in 1 Peter 5, 3 and 4, which those that are his want nothing to do with. No being paid by the enemy so he can use you to fall short of the glory of Jesus
1: Christ. So what happens?
0: We as men, those that are truly men, that are truly Christian men, believe nothing less than this, that Jesus said, now is the judgment of this world. We believe it right now. Do we, do we actually believe it? True, Jesus said so. Even while we still look for its prince in John 12, 31 and 14, 30, to be cast out in God's due time. Not our time, God's due time. His due time. But you'll see what happened. Jesus came in. You'll see and follow John, the first chapter. Follow it all the way down to the 10th verse. Well, in f- verse 9, he's the light that... Le- That he is the light that would light every man that comes into the world. Again, that's not teaching Quakerism. There's some kind of or the friend society that there was still some light in Adam and us when we fell. No, there was not. Darkness is the absence of light. Make it clear. And light is the absence of darkness. And even in the types in Genesis, the first chapter in his creation, he separated the darkness from the light, the evening from the day. There was a separation. But he's the light that lights every man, every opportunity. This is John 12, 35 and 36. This is John 1, nine, And for the unsaved and for truth, experiential, intimate truth with Christ. This is true. He's the light
1: that lights every man, every person that comes into the world. But the world didn't know him. Listen, the world
0: system under Satan and the things that the enemy will use for the unsaved to just live ignorantly in resisting God because they have every need met. They don't need God.
1: The world didn't know him. Then he
0: came unto his own, the nation of Israel, and they rejected him. Again, we shared earlier this morning. What is the sin unto physical death? We know that's God taking home a believer early. But what is the unpardonable sin? Some would teach the unpardonable sin is that Jesus paid for the sins of the whole world. The only one he didn't pay for was rejecting Christ. Wouldn't that be sin? I thought Christ dealt with all sin. And he did. The unpardonable sin is those that were under the power of Satan, functioning in darkness, and knowing that Christ was of God, and knowing that he was, and still rejecting him. You want to talk about pride and darkness. Making something of ourselves in some area, going into the world to be comfortable. Settling down in the world to make us as comfortable as we can be. With just a measure of truth.
1: No. Nope. He came unto
0: his own. They all, his own rejected him. And in that rejection. God was doing something greater. The enemy meant it for evil. In Genesis 15 verse 20. God meant it for good. What? But as many as would receive him. In John 1 12, To them he would give the power. Notice power to become the sons of God. And nothing could stop that when the will is submitted in salvation. And nothing can stop it when we come and we're entreatable and want to hear the word and allow God to choose who he chooses to deliver it because we know in 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 13, the Holy Spirit through the apostle Paul said, I thank God that when you when you heard the word of God, you didn't receive it as the word of men. But as it is the truth... Is the truth, the word of God, which works effectually in you because you receive and
1: know it that way? No. The rejection of the the Messiah gave the
0: incredible occasion for what is incomparably larger and more profound And in that, God's glory was immutably, unchangeably, you can't add to it, secured. And much fruit was born. That's what Jesus has said. Jesus said in John 12, 24, except the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. That's who we are in Christ. He now has a heavenly people. We are his heavenly people, not his earthly people. The Jews are his earthly people, ultimately based upon Psalm 2, 1 through 12, based upon Zechariah, the 14th chapter, based upon Revelations, the 19th and the 20th chapter, he will have his people on this earth. And you will see that all through the prophets. Isaiah,
1: Jeremiah, Ezekiel. You'll see it all. Hosea.
0: They're not his people now, Loami. They will be. That's in Hosea. They will be. He will set up his kingdom. He will fulfill that prayer in Matthew 6.10. He will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is God's will done for us as his heavenly people? Absolutely done. And in that being done and finished in John 19.30, has the enemy been dealt with? He has. How does he function? Through lies in Matthew 6.11. Excuse me, Ephesians 6.11. Two lies in John 8, and verse 44. When it's not Christ, when it's not the light of his love, the intimacy and protection of it, we function in the lust. And then the enemy comes in and fathers us in a lie, and we function in lust. Something has to replace it.
1: You have programs. And we call it fellowship. when it has nothing to do with Christ. Him being lifted up. Well. What is it?
0: Something much more. We're the fruit. Of Jesus Christ. The travail. Isaiah 53. 10. 11. Well we are the fruit of it. The fruit that fruit that the Holy Spirit can take. He has to take the things of Christ to show them unto us. This is John 16, 13, and 14. This is Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit. Well, why is it called the fruit of the Spirit? Because only he can take the things of Christ because it takes God
1: to reveal God. It's more profound. Much fruit, even Christ we're blessed
0: not only with him but in him not only by him but being in him in him no other people group has that but you and I no other people group on in heaven of course now and those on earth because the church is still made up of multitudes that are on the earth and multitudes that are in heaven because otherwise when God's glory is not immutably taught and secured, foundational truths, when that doesn't happen, what happens? They're lost. You multitudes, through the pride of ignorance, the enemy, opposing them constantly. Believers that are truly positioned in Christ. Because the things that are hidden, the things of shame in Second Corinthians 4, 1 and 2 are not dealt with. So then If our gospel be hid in 2 Corinthians 4, 3, who is it hid to? Them that are lost. Where are they lost? They're walking in darkness. What is darkness? The absence of light. It's the absence of purity. It's the absence of God's love experientially. It's pride.
1: And multitudes function in it, ignorantly. And any of us can in the flesh. Thank God
0: we can come. And the Holy Spirit can take the word and separate the soul from the spirit in Hebrews 4 and verse 12. Self-conscious, dark living in pride versus spirit-conscious humility and grace and love flowing through the purity of light, flowing in us beautifully, otherwise lost experientially.
1: This is true. Satan is judged already. Before God and to faith, right now, that's
0: happened. Everything has been finished. And not only when that truth will happen, the exec- the execution of that particular place happens publicly and in power. When God will come back, that's Revelations 1 7. Behold, he comes with the clouds, and every eye will see him, and they which also pierce him will wail. Because of him. And then we come back with him. In Revelations the 19th chapter 11 through 16. And we watch him deal. We see the lion. We see him. At the end of the 5th chapter of Revelations. And now we see in six one the lion. But you see. In this battle. There's one. Whose faults. He rides on a white horse. A false Christ, not preaching Christ fully. It's called a white horse conquering in war and violence. You see the difference in Jesus when he comes back. In Revelations chapter 19, verses 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15. He, he, he comes back and makes war and righteousness and judgment. Big the difference. There's such a difference
1: in the true preaching and teaching of God's word. For all
0: of us to learn. No. We have the mind of Christ. And when you have the mind of Christ. Know this and know it for sure. You share his rejection.
1: We suffer with him.
0: In 2 Timothy 2.12. We will reign with him. If you have a desire. For the intimacy and depth of fellowship. With another believer. And you're rejected. You're sharing his rejection because the truth is, that's what they're rejecting. They're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. That's what it was, that's what's said in 1 Samuel, the 8th chapter, 1 through 7. He says, Samuel, they're not rejecting you. I love them, I deeply desire the fellowship with them. And of course, you and me, you would desire that. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting
1: me. They're rejecting me. How does that happen? How does this happen? Well, we're going to close very soon, but I want to read 2 Timothy.
0: 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard of me, all of us, among or by many witnesses, the same commit you to faithful men. And if you're faithful, you will experience the rejection, but you will also experience the depth of his, uh, the suffering of his fellowship in Philippians 3 and verse 10. And we do need the power of his resurrection. But we do have the fellowship of His suffering. You know, this, this fellowship with him, this intimacy in him when you're rejected. The faithful men who, who will have that supernatural ability given to them by grace to teach others also. But you, therefore, endure hardness, rejection, constantly, constantly. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, no man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That's why leaders need to be supported. That's why in Acts six verse four, they no longer serve tables. There's others that serve tables, and their measure of what they have. But we, but it says in Acts six four, we will give ourselves to prayer and to the preaching and teaching, the ministry of the word. Don't resist that. <laughs> It's not the one who preaches the word that you're resisting. You're resisting the word, not resisting me. There's a constant resistance. There's comfort and desire in the world that replaces what should be done. Yes. Yes, the word is piercing, very piercing. It does away with every excuse in John 15 and verse 22. There's no excuse to live in sin. It's a choice. I know I should do it. I know I should do more, but I'm not going to do it. And here's the reasons why. Here's all the excuses for us to obey His Word in every area, every single area. It affects a major one, though, when we function in the world. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. And if any man strive for masteries to be masteries, this word. He is crowned. He is not crowned except he strives. He labors lawfully. There's a right way to do it. The husbandman that labors
1: must be first partaker of the fruits.
0: Why does God give us things? Why does He give the pastor the word? Because He shares His spiritual things. Well, why does God give you? what he gives you to share him back.
1: That's the way it works.
0: The husbandman that labors must be first partaker of the fruits. That's, that's Deuteronomy 25 verse 4. That's, that's uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 9 through 11. He that labors deserves to reap. Consider what I say, and the Lord will give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ, of the seed of David, was raised from the dead, according to my gospel, wherein, and I'm going to preach that, and desire intimacy, and desire fellowship, wherein, because of that, I suffer
1: trouble. As an evildoer.
0: Even unto bonds, chains, to be bound and held up. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure all things for who? For you, for the elect's sake.
1: This suffering, this rejection, this falling short, this lack of certain things that should never lack.
0: the ones that we should take care of more than anyone, are those of the household of faith. You see that in Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 to 10. Period. They're our family. Supernatural, spiritual
1: family. I do it for the
0: elect's sake, that they also may obtain the salvation, the complete deliverance, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, and we are, in Colossians 3, 3 and 4, we will also live with him. If we suffer, we will also reign with him. You see that? That's Philippians 3.10. Fellowship of his sufferings. Philippians 1.29 also brings it out. We reign with him. But if we deny him, knowing what we should do, but still deny him, he denies us. He doesn't deny his love for us. We just don't experience it. He, we keep resisting him from allowing him to for us to experience it by areas of disobedience. Listen, what does a little leaven do to the whole lump? One little area of disobedience known and continuing what does it do First corinthians five nine galatians five six little leaven leavens the whole lump
1: He will deny us. Not salvation, but fellowship, intimacy, love light,
0: love life. If we believe not, we, the context of those that are Christians, if we believe not, if we resist what we know to be true, what? He cannot deny himself. Yet he is faithful. He abides faithful positionally. He can't deny himself. He'll never deny his love for us, but do we
1: experience it? Of these things, of these things, you may not like. Like's not in the Bible.
0: When you discipline your children, they may not like it. Does it stop you? Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they labor not about words to no profit without love in 1 Corinthians 13, 2 and 3. But to what? The subverting of the hearers. We'll close with this. What is the subverting of the hearers? Catastrophe. It means to turn upside down. To disobedient, through knowing the truth, the light of the scriptures, but not walking in it, John 12, 35 and 36. The enemy turns my life upside down. What do I do? I, ex- I have exchanged material riches for the riches that Christ is. And that goes into Acts 6, verse 4, by the way.
1: It's the upset. It's upsetting of believers.
0: It's overthrowing them. It's causing demolition. To overthrow and turn upside down all those truths about the faith in Ephesians 6 and verse 16. That's Christendom. What is Christendom? It's the circles, men making circles that gather a a, a group of people around their own interests. And they're not even, they think they are, they're not even interested in those that gather around them.
1: Circles. But all these
0: attacks come from the enemy and they have to do with the person of God's own son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the work that only he could and did finish. These attacks, these attacks from the enemy are not new. They are old. That's why it's called the old serpent, the devil, in Revelations 20 and verse 2. They have been around for quite some time. Started in Genesis 3 1 to 6. Entered into the world system. Look at the world system where a lot of Christians live. Comfortable, convenient. <laughs> Making life just as comfortable as we
1: can get. Going out from the presence of God and build a city. Make that our whole occupation. Declare Christ.
0: Declare we know it to be true, but not experience it. No, they're not new. They've been around for a long time. What do they do? They are designed by the enemy to keep the unsaved from believing in the person of Christ. Yeah. And to
1: shake the faith of those that are in Christ.
0: They're constant deliverer. Some of them, and we'll close with them, some of them, these, these teachings, and they go on right now, universalism, covenant theology, worship salvation, replacement theology, annihilationism, universalism, and they are infiltrating the thoughts of many. Darkness coming in, imposing the light of the person of Jesus Christ and what he's accomplished? Why? What is the reason for all of this? What is the reason for it? Because the crowning experiment of all was and is the presence of Christ, the seed of the woman, Genesis three and verse fifteen, John one fourteen, Luke one thirty seven, one thirty five. The woman the seed of the woman and the seed of promise. Why? Because Christ came, and He's the person who answered. To all the revelations, all the promises, and all the ways and types and prophecies of God, he came in whose person was found all that was worthy of God. What would I exchange for that? And that was suited and that would meet and bless man beyond. But you know what? The coming of Christ brought out the awful truth. What is the awful truth? That not only that man outside of Christ is himself corrupt, Depraved, but loves his own will. That can be as the unsaved, and it can be a believer in the flesh, functioning in darkness. The whole time, functioning in darkness of disobedience and rebellion, and still declare, declare the light of the word, but not have it experientially. Nope. Not only does his own will, he loves his own will, but he hates goodness, divine goodness in the man Christ Jesus. And man, mankind ruined, fallen under the deception in Revelation 12, 9. And the pride of God's enemy now becomes experientially the enemy of
1: God. The enemy of God.
0: And God forbid, the enemy of God. Jesus said, and he said it way back, the Holy Spirit spoke it. The truth of who Jesus was and who he was going to accomplish way back before he even came. In Exodus 23 and verse 22. I'll read it and then we'll close this morning. Exodus
1: 23. Verse 22. And this is what it says. Well, I'm going to read verse 20.
0: It says in Exodus 23 verses twenty. 23 it says behold I send an angel a messenger before you to keep you in the way way of his light that, that path that's lit up in Proverbs 4 and verse 18 and to bring you into the place which I have prepared oh God he's prepared such a place for us he's preparing us for that place in Revelations 2 and verse 17 beware of him and obey his voice remember the voice We read it in John, the 12th chapter. Provoke him not through resistance and disobedience, for he will not pardon your transgressions. Of course, ours are. They are pardoned and they're done. For my name is in him. Nature, character, and essence. But if you will indeed obey his voice and do all that he speaks, allow it to come into you. You'll see what the true doing is. It's receiving what's done. You'll see that. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. You'll see that in James chapter 1. Look at verse 19 all the way to 26. Specifically 21, 22, and 23. But if you will indeed obey his voice and allow him to do in you what he's already finished, then I will be an enemy to your enemies. You'll no longer have to face your enemies
1: with no power, no force of your own.
0: And I will be an adversary unto your adversaries. For my angel will go before you and bring you into your proper place. And that, of course, is Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for your precious
1: word this morning. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.